Hello and welcome to The Huddle, brought to you by Wilson, au.wilson.com, the official ball of the NBL. And uh, it's free agency. We are right in the middle of the first week. Well, we're heading towards the end of the first week of free agency. Uh, it's been popping off a little slower than usual because of the short turnaround from the end of the grand final series. But some big names are off the board, but there's still plenty of intriguing free agents on there. And i got my man Pete Hawley coming on for um, a chat about it. We're going to go through our top five, our five most intriguing free agents and uh, talk about where we'd like to see them go, who could use them, what would be best for them and break it all down. So a whole bunch of free agency talk coming up. Sit back, relax. Up next, Peter Hall. Okay, Halls, thanks for uh, dropping back by a couple of days after the uh, Melbourne United hoisted the championship trophy. What have you been up to? Not too much. Taking a little, nice little downtime, uh, playing a bit NBL one, but is there not a whole lot of downtime with the free agency kicking off so quick and things are just flying, things are happening really quick and we're only three months away from the next season. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's crazy to think that it's all over. I felt like it was, we know how long the season went, but um, just a little bit of a downtime, see some signings and then get ready to do it all again. For real, for real. You talk about the quick turnaround, 48 hours. We're used to, I mean, last year we had like 600 months before free agency opened. We're used to two weeks usually and all the teams and the GMs, the coaches as well. Um, I think 48 hour turnaround has taken a few people a little bit by surprise about how difficult that has been. We're used to kind of, yeah, you know, the rules are there and some people obey the rules more than others, but on day one, two, three, four, deals are popping and being announced. Whereas I feel like this time around, the sense I'm getting is um, a lot of it's being worked out right now, like behind the scenes right now as kind of, I guess, free agency is sort of set up to work. For sure. I think it was... So when United guys were cutting down the net and we were doing a couple of interviews on, on the court and I was just saying, what, what are you guys up to celebration-wise? And they were like, I think we've got uh, exit meetings in the next, over the next couple of days. You've got to get them super quick. And I remember yeah. when we won, it was, we just kept going as, as long as you could possibly party. And uh, you got exactly right. It's, it's, it would be an awkward thing to have to try and think about is, oh, we've got to, we're trying to celebrate together, but potentially if I find when pre-A sermons on Monday, I'm going somewhere else. Mm. If we've got something else Tuesday, Wednesday, that I'm no longer a part of the team that just won a title. So, yeah, a whirlwind, I'm sure. And uh, luckily for players, a lot of them let their agents do it all. But, yeah, what a what a world. Who was the MVP of the 2018 Championship celebrations? Were you on the podium? Uh, oh, no, I don't think I would have been on there. I, Casey Prater and Casper Ware had a real hot crack. Uh, they were definitely up there. CG had a crack obviously winning the medal and then but he had to go to the com games so he couldn't do it right. for too long so he just went hard early um so yeah i think those three definitely rose the bat but we gave it a good crack the youngins craig moller sam shaw all those kind of guys was was good um actually of the actual night day follow by a wow, country really? mile and it was the, one of the best things you could possibly see of day Barlow. okay so i can imagine he was in it for a good time not a long time yeah, done. After that, uh, I think he popped up for lunch when we were doing a little silly Sunday, and that was about mm -hmm. it. Nice, nice. Um, we're recording this uh, in the AM, Friday the 2nd of July, and um, now we've got a 
There's a few things that have popped off the first few days. There's a few reports with that are unverified so far by teams, haven't been made official. But the latest news is Yanni Wetzel, announced by the New Zealand Breakers today. He's heading home, something of a homecoming for the big Kiwi, leaving the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix multi-year deal for the Breakers. What's, what are your initial impressions of that? I love it. It was something that I kind of had a feeling it, it might come to throughout the year. I think as he just grew into... Uh, the player we saw, super consistent, uh, just meant a lot in that role for the Phoenix. But you had a feeling the breakers were thinking, hang on, he's still super young. He's only mm. just starting the league. If we can get him here, then we can keep him. We can grow him. Uh, he can get all these other aspirations from from home. And uh, I think it's a great thing for him, great thing for the breakers. Uh, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for the Phoenix. I mean, they would have loved to keep him. I think he's a, a great talent. He's only going to get better. Um, super stiff not to be in the conversation with Rookie of the Year. We talk about those finalists. I think you and I had that discussion. Uh, but it does, it gives the Phoenix, I think, a little bit more uh, leeway and options to go with uh, imports. And that's still got Dane Pino, uh, we know, as their backup five. So uh, I think it, it really, when you look at it, I think it's a positive for both both sides. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, like you say, they, they wanted to keep him, no doubt, because for all sure. of the reasons mm-hmm. that you just laid out. Like he's a, he, he's not, that long ago did he take up the game which speaks to the kind of potential that he has took another big leap in in his game this year um wanted a multi-year deal there'll be a bunch of euro outs in that deal so whether he's in he sees out all three years of that will be will be interesting um but then again it's 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 as it's exactly as you say they would have looked at that situation and been like well we've got Dane Pinot we're probably going to go with an import five they need a bit more length and rim protection i think at the five than what they had this year um and then you go well okay so we can get to a certain point in these negotiations but we can't go any further and i imagine i imagine the same things going on in brisbane right now with matt hodgson you've got tyrell harrison there as you as as a you're sort of matt hodgson clone in some ways and you go well big fella we want you back but we have to kind of try to make this work now no doubt we're going to talk a little bit more about matt hodgson we're going to look at our most intriguing free agents. We've come with our lists, our top five. We're going to work our way through it. But um, some other things have popped off the last few days. Sam McDaniel, first Jack Jumpers official announcement. Um, reports of a guy like Mitch McCarron moving, a big, big piece in this year's free agency. What, what's the key thing that's kind of piqued your interest in these first few days? Uh, I think it's Mitch Norton to back the person. I think it was something at the start of the year. Never even would have thought uh, Mitch Norton would go anywhere else once you become settled. Because, I mean, he showed in the grand final series and the semi final series that he is now like the heart and soul of the Wildcats and everything they do. So, uh, just to have those whispers of maybe he's on the move, it just didn't feel right, uh, especially watching that grand final series and running around on half a leg. It just didn't feel like he'd go anywhere else. Uh, but there was plenty of talk, and I'm sure, and you reported there was definitely uh, things thrown at him that he was considering. But uh, big for him to stay and uh, with no Damien Martin, just the torch being handed of that heart and soul tag of when you think of the Perth Wildcats, obviously of Bryce Cotton, but of what they are and who they are, it's Mitch Norton and he showed that. So uh, just massive to get him back for three years. Yeah, huge. They needed they needed to get that done. They knew it as well, which is why they... they I'm going to say, I'm going to... that They went beyond what they wanted to do. And the Jack Jumpers kind of have, have made that happen right so that you know and that's gonna happen i think with another couple of guys with the jack jumpers because 
They're a brand new team that they, they, they've got money to spend and they need to get some guys. So some guys that are going to arrive there are going to arrive there on good contracts mm. for them, you know, and I spoke about Sam McDaniel, three-year deal, player option on the third year, which is a great thing for him to have. Um, and Mitch Norton ends up with a great contract going home. The other one I'm, I'm really interested in is the Mitch McCarron report mm. and and again we wait we wait to hear from from adelaide or from melbourne or official word about any of that but that's huge i mean he is he is such a gun you know like a, a local point guard his first year as a full-time pg and he take he leads his team to a title all nbl first team uh, second team sorry so i mean if they they can make that official get those papers signed and get that done, Adelaide. Huge coup for them. Oh, massive start to free agency. And Jeff Van Groningen said that uh, they were going to be the main contributor in free agency. If you get that done, you're right, that's huge. I mean, you lose Josh Giddy, but you bring in a guy who does everything in terms of filling the stat sheet, getting others involved, but he's an elite defender as well. So it's mm. just the perfect way to start. Uh, and it's going to help you attract other players to want to play alongside. And we saw that this year. I mean, he was all NBL second team with these elite guys around him. Chris Golding, Scotty Hobson, uh, Landau, all these elite guys around him. And Mitch McCarron still managed to stand out without anyone ever thinking, wow, he, he's doing too much in the point guard role. He just mm. does everything perfectly. And anyone, any import or anyone who knows anything about what he brings is going to be super keen to get down to Adelaide if that happens to play alongside him. For sure. For sure. And we'll, once that becomes official, we'll talk a little bit more about what Adelaide need to do around him, the pieces they need to put together to make that, to make that work. All right. Well, let's look at the guys that are still on the table because there are still some, some interesting names. Now I, we, we set ourselves the task of making our top five most intriguing free agents. Now, these will involve conversations about where we would like to see them go from a team perspective, who could really use that guy, who, um, where would work best for them. Um, and we're going to start with like number one, like most intriguing on your list of all the guys left. And I'm going to let you go first. Well, we'd luckily record this the day later because Yanni Wurzel was my number one. Oh, he was one. I was just intrigued to see because of exactly that. I was like, I wonder if New Zealand are really going to pipe up and try and get in. But right. now it's uh, what would have been his teammate this year. Ty Webster is okay. my, I just, we first year we've seen him in the league. We could see what he could contribute in that role. Um, they're very, they bring back Will McDowell White. So you think he might be on the move. They've got a couple spots for some imports. Where does Ty Webster end up? And uh, will he go back overseas? Will he hang around with a team? We know he can play in that starting role. I mean, we, which guard spot suits him best is wherever he ends up playing with. But I'm wondering now, is is that something that if the Jack Jumpers want to go with other imports, that they slot him in there with no Mitch Norton as a, one of those starting guards? Okay. So you're looking at the Jack Jumpers and going, well, they've shown an interest in going the local point guard mm. route, have missed on Mitch Norton. They, there was an element of interest in Mitch McCarron, I understand, but the money got too far for where they wanted to go in that direction. So you're thinking maybe they look at Ty Webster because my initial thought is with Ty Webster, well, you would assume it's New Zealand or back to Europe, mm. right? Um, and yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it was Ty Webster as good this last year in the NBL as you thought he was going to be coming in? 
I didn't. I knew obviously how good he was. I mean, I, following him around in the in the Tall Blacks, and uh, I think early he was trying to find his feet and make that splash where he's taking a lot of shots and, and kind of playing outside his role, which the breakers kind of needed in terms of his brother being injured, pieces not fitting, Lamar Patterson, and stuff like that. Uh, I think once he understands his role as part of a team, he will be able to excel in that. And super exciting to watch on the floor. I mean, you've seen his ability to uh, do everything again as well. He, some games, he just chases boards. He can get other guys involved. He's got to get a bit more consistent, obviously, from the line. Uh, but I think he'd be a great pickup for us for a team. And you, whether you slot him in next to an import one or an import two, they play off each other. You have the options to do either or with him. Mm. Um, so I'd love to see him stay around. Uh, would have been someone... Uh, we'd love to see in the league for a while. But again, in the back of my mind, I was thinking that you're right. If he's not going to go to the breakers, he's probably going to go back overseas. But as you said, Tazzy's got money to spend. They've shown the interest in a local, but um, would they go for an even bigger splash and run around with a guy like Delhi? If they could manage to get him, who knows? Mm. Um, my understanding is that there's a there's an offer on the table for Ty, a good offer to have him come back. And he and his reps are, are looking at that and going, we just let's just find out what's going on with Europe. So mm. they can have a look at that, see what offers come from there, and then make that decision. Um, of course, if he does come back to the Breakers, it will be alongside Will McDowell White, which is not what it was at the start of the year. We got a good look at that towards the end of the year, and I think it can, I think it can work well. I mean, Dan Shamir's system with the two the two ball handlers even on the floor together, and I kind of like the idea of of Ty Webster having a number of possessions uh, off the ball. You know, when Will McDowell-White's flying it down, he gets the outlet on one side of the floor, Ty Webster fills the other, and now all of a sudden he's coming off some turnouts on the weak side or some some pin downs and, and catch it and make a place. Take that pressure off him to always have to run and initiate the offense. He can get into that kind of scoring mindset. And I agree, like if he... He just tightens up the efficiency from the free throw line, the offensive fouls, the foul trouble that he had. I mean, he was borderline all NBL last year with those issues. Mm. Um, I think it would be huge for them to get him back. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, to, to know that's where they're at would be huge. And then again, gives them a chance to load up on the imports and uh, where they go with those positions. They'd, they'd be really strong and hopefully we can get to, I mean, it's only three months away, but get to the normal as normal of a season as possible where the breakers, if they're playing at home and they still have a lot of local contingent and a strong mm. local contingent, mm. they're going to be tough. I mean, if they had this last season, even with the interruptions in terms of injuries and guys being in and out, they're still probably making close to the finals. I mean, they just had that, that the talent, Findelaney went to another level. So it'd be a massive re-signing and all of a sudden they have a core group that they're looking at for the future. Oh. Yanni, both Webster's, Findelaney, and then you build from there. And that's one of the toughest local squads around. No doubt. Abercrombie. I'm still mm. waiting to find out what the deal is with the with Levi Randolph. As I wrote recently, they had a club option on his second year. My understanding is the dates on that club option were a little different in that contract to what usually exists. It didn't, ma- didn't match up with like the NBL deadline of kind of club options. So they're working through that with, with Levi Randolph. So I... I would love to see him back. You talk about all those names, Randolph, Import 5, alongside Wetzel and Lowe and Delaney. That's a squad ready to go and ready to make finals in a normal season where they're they're playing at home. All right, my number one. My number one's Will Magne. Ooh. 
Will Magnet intrigues me right now because Will Magnet and Ryan broke off, spoken about them a little bit recently. I think that um, both of those guys are looking to have big bounce back campaigns after coming in mid season. It's like walking onto a moving treadmill. It didn't, they weren't able to kind of represent themselves or get to the level that they're usually at. Will Magnet looked maybe, he looked like he hadn't been playing a lot for six, nine months, you know, like he looks like he could do with some run in his legs, get, get shed a little bit, get a little bit back to that athletic bouncy dude that he was coming out of Brisbane. And my understanding is he's taken meetings all around the league. He's talking to the Jack jumpers. He was talking, he's talking to the Perth Wildcats. Obviously he's talking to Adelaide. He's talking to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. He's talking to a whole bunch of teams trying to find the right match for him. My understanding is he's probably not going to break the bank for a team that is looking to sign him, but he's looking to get a one-year deal, big bounce-back campaign, bet on himself, and then go from there. So I'm fascinated to see where he's going to land, both from what that will do for that team and also whether that's going to match up to be the best thing for him because... I look at that and go, if that's what you're trying to achieve, I don't think the Wildcats is the best mm. spot for you because I'm not sure I love him in that, in that system. I mean, he's a pick and roll big and it looked like the flex offense. He was kind of overthinking things a little bit, had a little trouble finding his spots. Now a whole preseason to, to work with Trevor Gleason to learn it. Maybe that will get better. I don't know, but I look at maybe some of these other spots, maybe teaming up with a guy like Mitch McCarron, whom Jock Landau really enjoyed, and Joe Luala Chul, those guys really enjoyed playing with last season. Um, I'm fascinated to see where he's going to land. Yeah, he was on my list, but a bit further down for, for those exact reasons you said. Uh, and I'm with you in saying that I don't think the Wildcats would be a great fit if they brought back the same Scotty talked about John Mooney. Mm. But you, if you put him along, if the Sixers could get obviously Isaac Humphrey's back and, and DJ to put him alongside a big who has the capabilities to roll in and score consistently one-on-one is going to help his game. I think when in terms of being high, low, the way he cuts, he started shooting the three ball well late uh, in the grand final series. And that's something we thought he was going to be coming in to do. He did it for a, a bit with the Brisbane worked on it for the NBA. Uh, I think if he ends up alongside a really good one-on-one big that teams can roll the ball in, he can play off as well. And then being that pick and roll, uh, in that kind of offense, I think it's really going to be good for him and, and thrive for. And you look around and think, where where does that end up? And uh, yeah, one year deal. Um, I think everybody would like to play with Mitch McCarron, though. So I don't think that's going to be a t- too much of a, a rare uh, conversation to have. But yeah, he, he's going to be looking to have that kind of success. And I'm with you thinking that I just don't see it necessarily at the Wildcats. Um, just based on the kind of player he is and what he's looking to do. Yeah. When, when he blew up with the bullets, he was playing with four. They bit the bullet, so to speak, and they started him alongside Matt Hodgson. And he was pr- starting as the four. He'd play some minutes at the five once the rotations took place. But he was starting alongside Matt Hodgson. And um, pick and pop, pick and roll, rim protecting at the four as the guy coming across from the weak side. It's interesting. I wonder whether he looks at that situation in in Adelaide potentially and goes, Isaac Humphreys, if they bring him back, which I think we're all probably expecting that they should be able to get done, 
um, that maybe can be my Matt Hodgson. And then Daniel Johnson checks in. I move to the five. I share some minutes there with, with DJ. I wonder whether he's going to look at that and think that's going to work. Well, we saw a bit, yeah. We, I mean, Mooney, how, how elite Mooney was, and even with Bryce not playing, Mooney was trying to had to try and do a little bit more. He found life a little tough, as everybody will, without Bryce Cotton. But when he went out, and whether it was Jervis coming in or Luke Travis, someone playing the four, that's when Magne had that pressure on him to have to be able to lift and do more, and wasn't quite able to do it. Won't have any chance like that in an Adelaide setting with those two guys. It's always going to have someone who can really complement his game. So, yeah, that'd be huge if he ended up going down to the sixes and I'm sure some other teams would be thinking what if we get Magne what pieces can we put around him to be to be successful uh, you talk about a one-year deal I'm trying to think of Melbourne United with Luala Chul I mean Mason Peatland's there no because Jack White won't be playing the majority of if not the whole season we're recovering from his injuries is it a similar kind of boat uh, as a one-year deal mm-hmm. uh, does he come in and throw there and then an import big and the same mm-hmm. thing if he's not going to have that option but you got Luala Chul who's re-signed, he can fit in there as another one. So there's plenty of those kind of opportunities around for him. The other thing is whether or not he brings in the right mentality to that one-year approach, because Mm. that's what Jock Landau just did with Melbourne United, right? One-year deal. I'm going to play really well. I'm going to be back on NBA radars at the end of this year. And then we'll look, we'll see what happens from there. Maybe, you know, we've heard the reports this morning about Anadolu Efes and, in Turkey, a potential move back to the to the Euro League. He's going to be looking at his agent's going to be looking at all those situations during the Olympics, and we'll see how that works out. But he brought the mentality in like, I'm going to be a really crucial element of team success. I'm not going to focus on the box score night in night out. And when all that, when we win a whole bunch of games, I'm going to eat. Everybody's going to eat. It's going to be a really successful season. He comes out of the, the season. Okay, he's not MVP. He's all NBL first team, he's grand final MVP. He's a champion. Everybody sings his praises about how he approached it. If Will Magne is going to approach it that same way, he needs to, you know, and he can find a situation and a coach where where, where that works, that's going to be great. If it's not quite that, it has the potential to go pear-shaped because as you know, we've all played with teammates where their focus is not necessarily on team success. So I think that'll be a key for him coming into next year. Which is why, yeah, which is why I think the Melbourne United could actually work. The more I think about it in terms of what Dean Vickman's instilled in that culture, which is going to get me to my number two, Mm -hmm. uh, which is an import, but Scotty Hobson. I mean, Mm -hmm. we saw it with Scotty Hobson this year and uh, coming off the bench and started a little shaky where I think he was thinking, well, why? I know we're loaded, but me coming off the bench doesn't, doesn't sit too right. And then he was thinking, okay, well, as long as I play starters minutes. And then I think eventually they all realize, well, hang on, no one really plays starters minutes on this team because we're so loaded. Everyone plays, but under 30 and mm-hmm. around that. Um, but Yeah, except Macca as the key guy, but everyone buys in. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be every team think, talking to him. And if Melbourne United could try and get him back, because no Landau, no potentially McCarran, Scotty Hobson is going to be starting again on that on that team if if that conversation gets done. And then that you think about what pieces you fit around him. I think everybody want to see MVP Scotty Hobson getting back to, to what he does. Started to show it in the back end of the season and that kind of caliber coming off the bench. He's obviously too good to be coming off the bench for an entire season. And so that's what you want to see. You want to see him go back, go to a spot. Like let's say a Ken's type hands in that DJ Newball role mm. or that's you know, a that, that is a dangerous <laughs> squad 
I'll tell you what, if you added Scotty Opson, that'd be that'd be some fun to watch. That's and that's when the top ends are all about fun, aren't they? That's when they were playing well. It was up and about. And then when they were fun, the fans were loving it and things were rolling. And I think Adam Ford's gonna be perfect for that group of guys as well. So um yeah, that'd be a tough, tough squad. Or all the breakers. Back to the breakers if it's not going to happen with Levi Randolph and they, they go back to Scotty. You want to see him back at a team where he's starting, he's their primary offensive target, and he's back all, you know, he's an all NBL MVP candidate. He's, I mean, he's, shown, he's not going to be, he can get you 25. Oh, he's that guy. Yeah, but he can also, we've seen he can facilitate and he can buy into certain roles as well. Mm. So that's the conversation you've got to be having when it comes to signing is what do you want to get from Scotty Hobson? And if you can get him to agree to that, uh, then all of a sudden your team becomes so much stronger. And that's what the culture that United brought in and Dean Vickman saying, we're all taking sacrifices this year to get to our goal. And once they all bought into it, it, it was going to be super hard to, to beat because you got this MVP caliber guy coming off the bench uh, and doing his thing. So yeah, I, I'd love to see the... The leash, the reins left free on Scotty Hobson. So he's just super fun to watch. And then at the end of the game, give him the rock and good things happen. You know where else he would be fun? He'd be fun. I reckon he'd be fun in Sydney. Mm. Three imports, going back to three imports. No, no Brad Newley. No um, Didi Luzada. You got Dion Vasiljevic at the three. We know that they've got the, the Cooks and Martin and Hunter. Probably it's going to be an import one of some sort, whether that's Casper Ware or someone else. Um, that could work. That'd be fun. I mean, that's a, again, you, just the potential length of that lineup where you have uh, a Hobson. Well, you could have Hobson and the two, Cooks, Martin, and Hunter uh, as an import, as some. Sometimes out there, which would be a really tough squad, but even still, just a Hobson Cooks Martin, and then you throw in Vasilievich and an import guard, and all mm. that's a re- that's a really mm. really tough squad. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure every single team would love to have Scotty Hobson, but there's just certain fits that you think where he goes, we're going to get back to wherever he goes. We're going to get back to that Scotty Hobson from the break as we saw last year, mm. um, that was just an all out killer wherever he went. Um, all right, my number two, I'm going to stay with Melbourne United. My number two is Udai Bubba. Not at the level of a guy like Scotty Hobson or a guy like Ty Webster, perhaps, but a special restricted player. Mm. Unbelievably valuable for Melbourne United last year. Now, because of what he did on the floor um, at the defensive end and as a spark plug, probably the quickest guy in the league with the ball, Udai Bubba, had a huge impact. But to have all of that, outside of the salary cap, not even as a marquee, taking up one of your marquee player spots, outside the salary cap, it was the, the perfect and best use of the special restricted player rule we've ever seen in the NBL. And I mean, they just, they beautifully worked the salary cap system, Melbourne United last season. We, it was two imports, but uh, still three potential marquees was the mm. rule coming in. And so that's four um, guys maximum of marquees and imports. So those teams that had their two imports, they could only have two guys as marquees. So Melbourne United, they go, well, we've got Chris Golding and Mitch McCarron as marquees. We've got Scotty Hobson as import. If we've signed Jock Landale 
as a essentially as an import, well, even works better for us in the cap because we can have him as a marquee player. So they had three marquees, one import, and Udai Bubba as a special restricted player. And as a result, maybe their total spend was high, but their tax was low, is my understanding, because they worked the cap beautifully. And that's why a lot of teams would be really looking at Udai Bubba and talking to his representatives and and say, my goodness, we could really, really use you. Let's see if we can make it work. So first and foremost, I'm just hoping that we can keep him in the league mm. because he's so fun to watch. He's one of the guys who people from, doesn't matter what team you barrack for, you're kind of cheering for Udo Bubba because yeah. of the way he plays, his manner. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, it's so good to have him in the league. Whether he, it looked like he had a great time at Melbourne United. They had a really good culture. He, he fitted in really well. They, they all really enjoyed playing with him. You could hear the cheer when they announced the guys, when Nerly Meadows announced the guys up on the stage to get their championship ring. The cheer for Bubba was maybe the biggest yeah. of all, bar Chris <laughs> Golding. Um, so they love him down there, the Melbourne United fans. Hopefully we can keep him in the league somewhere. Didn't have him on my list for the sake of I was thinking that he was probably going to go elsewhere around the world. And I think he showed uh, how valuable he can be. But again, how good would it be? Uh, and every single team could use him. doesn't matter where it is because mm-hmm. you can bring him in as that spark plug off the bench. And if someone's hurt or in foul trouble, you can trust him to play the 30 minutes a game and do exactly what he did every single time he was out there. The, the games he scored three points, he was phenomenal on defense that you, that just didn't need to happen and in those games where he had broke out for the 10 to 15 points. We saw them a lot. So super exciting. I would love to see him back in this league. And yeah, it looked like, I mean, he talked about his English. I interviewed him when he first touched down before he'd even touched down. Uh, and he, and he was talking, he said, be with me. My English isn't great. And I thought he was okay, but you talk to him now and he, it's a different, you know, Bubba and the yeah. smile that was on his face every single time, uh, what he learned. He just loved being a part, um, of Melbourne and Australia. So I would hope that that could help him just get over the line and staying around. But you, you just assume there's going to be some big money thrown at him from around the world for what he can do. Well, that's the other thing. Having Bubba in the league, get kind of, it's out like one over Japan right now. Yeah. Who, you know, the Japanese league is kind of really irritating right now. They've got a yeah. whole bunch of our great coaches. They've got DJ Newball locked up. Nick Kay, we thought, oh, hold on. He might go to the Jack Jumpers as their marquee guy. He signs with Japan, with a Japanese team. So having Bubba here. And I, I feel like if he's going to, if a team that's going to, is going to get him back, that's not Melbourne United, probably the only way is going to be, they're going to be able to sell him on a starting role. Mm. We're going to, you want to get to the NBA, you played at the summer league. You want to be at that level with, with some of your Japanese national team mates. We're going to showcase your talents with more minutes, more offense, more numbers. Because if he's going to come back for a reserve role, he'd probably just go back to Melbourne United where he seems like he's really comfortable. Yeah, well, you wonder. It's You talk about getting those eyes, getting the attention around. It. Is that something that Jack Jumpers are interested in throwing Barber in there? And um, obviously McDaniel... Uh, you could have him as the backup. And if you go local, import, guard, and then load up those other imports. But again, he's just going to be able to bring a great culture wherever he goes and something that really... It it, it seemed like he brought everybody together. When, I'm sure Melbourne and I have plenty of ways to do that, knowing Dean Vickerman. But everyone bought into to getting him 
on the on the same page early. And I think that's something that's really helpful. Uh, maybe a team like Brisbane. Brisbane could be an interesting potential landing spot for Baba. So be at the one, sell him on a starting spot at the two, import three, bring Drimic. I think they're going to re-sign Jason Kiddy, bring Kiddy and Drimic, Tanner Krebs, all those guys off the bench. They're looking for ways to try to save money, the bullets, so to spend elsewhere. So keep him fully out of the cap. I think that's something Sam McKinnon should be looking at. Oh, no doubt. That's yeah, a good option to use. And again, I think he'd complement Nathan Sobey really well uh, in that backcourt uh, and another club that can really try and, and build that culture uh, with get him around. And um, I'm sure he'd enjoy being up in Brisbane as well. So that'd be, that'd be nice. As long as he's in the league, I think we're all going to be, as you said, all going to be happy that wherever he ends up. True, true. Although I don't think Dean Vickerman would love to see him elsewhere, you know? Like no, the word is he's losing Mitch McCarron. He's just lost Sam McDaniel. Who knows what's going to happen with Jock Landale? And uh, then to lose Bubba as well to another NBL team would be a kick for the champs. My number three is Isaac Humphreys, who we spoke a little bit about before. We can we tie s- this. Mine was he was my number three as well. Okay, okay. Because we saw at the start of the year MVP caliber. He was mm. gonna he was a chance at that point to be MVP and defensive player of the year, a la Andrew Bogut a couple of years ago. He was having that kind of impact. Um, now, he was per- working perfectly with Josh Giddy. It seemed like uh, as a, it was a bit of a surprise to me, but it was working well with Daniel Johnson. They were a- actually, you know, Connor Henry was doing a good job in making that work and putting them in, their, in the right spots. If he can have a fully healthy year, he comes back in as a, as a massive piece. Now, he signed a one plus one with Adelaide. My understanding... Big contract. My understanding was it heavily back-ended on that second year. Now, the second year was a mutual option. So Adelaide have, my understanding is they've gone, well, let's, let's renegotiate because, you know, the injury was, was a big issue for us last season. Let's renegotiate. Let's try and get it somewhere to around that same level, but involve a whole bunch of incentives in the deal. So you play this many games, then it, we get you get this, you, you're all NBL, you get this, a whole bunch of bonuses and incentives in a potential new deal. So I understand he and his representatives are having a look at that right now. So it's my expectation is that Adelaide should be able to get that done. And if they can, it will be huge because a fully healthy Isaiah Humphries is a massive piece in this league. Well, if you're the Sixers, you just need to get it done really, don't you? Because of exactly what you said, how exciting... He was to start with, and I think all of us, I think we might have sat here and spoke about, will they work together, Isaac Humphreys, Daniel Johnson? And that was the big thing. And they were flying. And we all thought of, once they got Brandon Paul, Josh Giddy, all that, we're like, if this squad was together from the start, it's an exciting squad. They're pushing for the finals. And um, I think if that Mitch McCarron deal gets done, then that's going to help Isaac Humphreys think, hang on, I love playing with a guard like Josh Giddy. Uh, I'm still going to have Daniel Johnson there. You bring in Mitch McCarron, all of a sudden, it's well, this is going to help me be a better player. Um, he's an elite defender, so it's not that I have to be able to save from the other guys and try and do everything at the rim in case things break down. Uh, I think it would make Isaac Humphrey's life a lot easier playing alongside a guy like Mitch McCarron. And I'm sure every other team's thinking, well, hang on. If he hasn't signed yet, let's just give him a call. We could we could really lock him up for a couple of years. 
Uh, he's shown now that he can is an absolute superstar in the league. But again, if you're the Adelaide 36ers, it's just got to happen. You've just got to get it done a couple years. And you really, with that Mitch McCarron one gets done as well, it's it's those two that you can build around. And then you, as two locals, and all of a sudden what you get as your import spots, the Sixers are going to be tough. Really tough. Mm. If it's Mitch McCarron, if it's Isaac Humphreys, imagine if they get Will Magnay done. Mm. They sell Magnay on and they bring DJ off the bench, which is my understanding is that there's an element of looking at, at that as great as DJ is and has been all NBL second team very nearly again this year. Um, I would think you would have Sunday Detch at the three with like a bucket import shooting guard. So you look at what Melbourne United had around Mitch McCarron and you go, we need to put the Sunday Detch plays the Sam McDaniel role in that starting lineup. Mm. Although, you know, that's probably, that's even at another level from what McDaniel gave you. And then we need a Chris Golding alongside Mitch McCarron because I think Mitch McCarron will excel with, he needs that guy because, and now he's probably looking a little bit more opportunities offensively. We saw, remember that game when, when they were heavily undermanned Melbourne United earlier in the year, they went to Wollongong and Mitch McCarron looked like he decided I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm scoring tonight. I got to lift my, my scoring rate. And he was yeah. super aggressive, put points on the board. And I think he's probably looking to go, oh, I want to do a little bit more of that. But if you have a bucket, whether that's Brandon Paul or somebody not too dissimilar, whew, that's a squad you're starting to put together there in Adelaide. You're talking like a Scotty Hobson type, another one where he would fit in there. Dude, imagine that. McCarron, Hobson, Detch, Magne, Humphreys, DJ off the bench. That's, uh, yeah, you're right. In terms of a scary squad, that is something that I think you're spot on. And uh, when they go down that kind of uh, path of uh, what they want, that'd be an unreal fear. I think it comes down to, doesn't it, the Adelaide 36ers need to lock him away get Isaac Humphreys done so they can start being able to have a, a little bit of time, I guess, to try and find that. If it's not Scotty Hobson, who's here and probably easy to have a conversation with, a, a player like him, one of those superstar wings. And we've seen in the past, Adelaide, the imports, a lot of people question, is that the right fit for the team? So if you give them a, a little bit of time to be able to try and find that right guy to come in and be that absolute superstar guy on that wing, that flat-out scorer when they get the ball, unbelievable things happen, then they're looking at a really, really tough squad. And I don't think it's Brandon Paul. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's someone else. Um, what was I going to say there about Humphreys? Oh, the Jack Jumpers need to make them pay. Yeah. Like they made Perth pay. Yeah. And now, my understanding is they're having a good long chat with Duop Reith. As I reported yesterday, they're yeah. involved in those conversations. So they're looking very much down that path. But if that's not working out necessarily, you, Isaac Humphreys as a marquee player guy, make him a big offer. Mm. So that either you get him or at least you make, you make Adelaide pay for what, what the current kind of market value should be for that guy. And you're right. And what's going to help that is I'm sure in Isaac Humphrey's mind, he, he does love the idea of playing alongside of Mitch McCarron. So it's, it's almost like, well, hang on, Ali, I need you to, I need you to pay right now because the Jack jumpers want me bad and they're going to make <laughs> me their main guy. I'd love to stay, 
but you're going to have to pony up a bit. And, and from all reports, I mean, we heard from Jeff Van Gogh's mouth, they're ready to do it. So hopefully they can get that sign away. And then all the, yeah, the Sixers fans got something to be really excited about. Uh, so who's your number four? Vic Law. Boom. Me too. Yeah. And like another one, we season cut short with injury, but how exciting was he to watch when he went about his business? Uh, and I'm sure the Bullets would, would love to have him back and seemed like he, he loved being in Australia as well. But there's going to be a lot of conversations had with teams that want a Vic Law on their squad. Uh, again, good things happen when he had the ball. Good things happen when he's on the floor. So that's something that we just want to see Vic Law come back. And uh, whether you get, if he loves Australia that much, whether you get that kind of multi-year Bryce deal, I mean, he showed how valuable he is to a team. And then when he went out of the team, how much adjusting it took the bullets to try and get back in their winning ways. I think it's going to be really hard to get Vic Law back. My, uh, he made some comments on his podcast a little while ago suggesting he's probably going to go back and play in the States next season, maybe back to the G League, try and get an NBA training camp deal and the like. But you're right. That's why I've got him in there as well because he is he's a gun. I mean, and he's a great dude too. Guys love being his teammate. He's... He has the ability. He's a got. He's a high basketball IQ guy. He has mm. the ability. We saw it last season at times where he's like, you know what, Serbi's rolling. I'm gonna play Robin to his Batman for a little bit here, and and not just in for a couple of minutes, but for he played that for a period of time, and then also he knows he he can really score. And we saw what he could do in the block. He's actually a bit better on the perimeter than what he was fully able to show this season before this last season before he got hurt. I feel like Sam McKinnon's probably saying, I just don't want anyone to talk about Vic Law, think about Vic Law. Nobody say anything about Vic Law. <laughs> so that we can be the only team trying to trying to get him back because that would be huge, especially for Brisbane. I would love to see him back for a full healthy year alongside Sobi with that squad. The fans grew to love him there in Brisbane. It would be great to have him back. It'd be something you'd think of, I mean, the same way you, you, you think Perth are going to go with John Mooney. He's putting something together that really entices him and, and have those the support of, look, we want you here as long as you want to be here. And we're going to support you for your next steps to the NBA. We're going to help you get to that. We can have your outs, all this kind of stuff. You can go through summer league, but it's all about your like, keeping him here to be able to excel before not using a G League or something like that uh, to get to the NBA. And we've seen plenty of instances where, where guys have come in and had that impact uh, to get those chances. So it's, it'd be awesome just to see him back and really buy in it. How enticing can you make a deal to throw at him where he really has to think of, well, I know I wanted to go back to pursue these other options, but a place that really loves me that I love being at, can can this work for me? So I'll make him really think about it. What, what's really hard is to be really patient with a guy like that. Melbourne mm. United... Melbourne United have done that beautifully over the last few years is play the long game during the off season with the guy that they really want. So they did it with Casper Ware. Then I eventually got him back. They cut, they did it with Casey Prather. That was really mm. late in the piece and they got him the first time they got him and they did it with Scotty Hobson this last yep. off season where the breakers weren't prepared to wait. They made the numbers work a little bit better with Lamar Patterson as well. But then I look back on that, no doubt. On the Hindsight's a beautiful thing, but they look back on that and go, oh my God, imagine if that was Scotty and not LP. So if they can play that long game and then stay in communication with him and say, hey, 
See if you can get that training camp deal. See if you can get that two-way, if that's what you want. We'll be here. And the season's going back to its usual time slot. You can, at the end of our year, go play the back end of the G League season and see if you can get a few 10 days at the end of the NBA season to really show what you're made of. I think the key there is, do Brisbane have enough that if they wait long enough mm. to be able to still be really good? I mean, Melbourne United have that talent that if, mm-hmm. if they didn't get the Scotty Hobson, can they get a lower level import and still be good? Yes. Uh, I mean, That's again... The thing. Landau fell in their lap essentially at the end, which helped as well. But well, that's another example. Yeah, they did the same thing. Yeah. So does that work? Do, do Brisbane have enough? And that, that means that yeah, if they're going to wait for him, they've got to get some other some big signings to be able to cover the void if he doesn't come back. Um, but that they're the big dogs, I think for sure. I got a my yeah, fifth one is go ahead because I had the same number four. Kind of a tie, uh, but I'll offer Adam Gibson. Wow. And this is why, because you talk about a guy who still wants to go around again. Uh, he wants to play and get an opportunity. Uh, and obviously, the main thing I'm thinking of here is Tassie as the Jack Jumpers. For mm-hmm. you need you need you need a cultures guy and veterans who know what it's like to bring a group together, know what it's like to be part of winning clubs mm-hmm. and set the tone, and can still come in and give you those minutes you need as not a 35 minute guy. Adam Gibson's a guy that he's shown lead defender. He can come in. He's got to stay injury free. Obviously, that's a main one for Adam Gibson. But in terms of building a culture off, these winning players who have been around winning clubs that have played everywhere, they've represented the country, it's something you've got to be thinking about in the back of your mind. Don't have to rush that, obviously. There's, mm-hmm. You've got to have other pieces there. But um, that's something that I think would be a good opportunity. And Tazzy's obviously the main one that comes out. I mean, a lot of people have linked him there um, to Tazzy, but just having that veteran guy to build off is mm-hmm. a crucial in every single club. And he's he's not going to drop his head on the bench. He's going to be an awesome team guy when his opportunity to play isn't there. But you're still you're building off such a strong base. Love it. Love. I would love to see that signing mm. um, for all the reasons you just said. Now. I feel like it's important, like Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, for example, having Kyle Adnam there, having Ryan Brockoff there, having guys that are from the stat area, that catcher, yeah. you can sell them within the community as these guys, grew, this is this guy's from Frankston, this guy's from Kilsite. If you can do that in Tassie, now that's why Sam McDaniel, I think is a really cool signing because the people down there remember, the dads remember Wayne McDaniel, the kids, you can say, he was born in Tassie. He's mm. from this area. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing to be able to have. Now, you don't have to go way out of your way to kind of have local guys, but if you can make it work, and I think Adam Gibson, not only does he bring that in year one when you're starting your franchise, but he brings those other things that you talk about. And, and my understanding is Scott Roth, Jacob Chance, Simon Brookhouse, that whole group down there that are, are looking to have guys that have won guys with championship experience coming from winning programs, Mm -hmm. you know, and you Sam McDaniel, obviously coming off that championship experience. He can bring that from Melbourne United. Um, And they wanted Mitch Norton for similar reasons. And Adam Gibson fits that, fits that mold perfectly. And this is why when I said it was a tie, my fifth one of having the exact same mindset of Brad Newley in Adelaide, 
Mm-hmm. Now Adelaide, when they when we talked about Sam and Daniel signing the Jack Jump, but I saw a couple of I mean, my old friends from Adelaide tagging the Sixers, saying you missed an opportunity again. Uh, I mean, we know uh, the ties that Sammy Daniel has with Tassie, but Adelaide guy. Uh, and that's where Brad Neely, you talk about bringing a veteran guy off the bench and you look at the guys who are potentially departing and Brendan Tease, Dan Dillon, Majonji has left. Having a, a local guy that, again, those basketball young guys who just know Brad Neely as that Forestville kid, I'm, that's going way back in Adelaide, to be able to right. get around. And he, he's not going to start. He's going to come off the bench and play that kind of role. Does he fit into where they go in terms of the bench role? Is he happy with an even limit uh, less role than he would have had somewhere else? But again, it's going to be great for the club that people have always said, can they bring back some local talent? And Brad Newley to, to end things where he started um, is something that I'm sure they would have to be thinking about. And uh, again, to see some of the greatest we've seen for Australia and what they've done at level end up in their homes to kind of finish off. It'd just mm-hmm. be really nice because I think they really would complement what could be a real, I mean, we talked about the, the Sixers squad, but potentially the most exciting what we've seen so far with, if they can get those names done, mm. to have a guy running off the benches that the fans are going to love to just see that signing, to see Brad Neely every night. It w- would be awesome for Adelaide. All right, I'm going to finish it off with Matt Hodgson. Ooh. Because, and there's a whole bunch of bigs, isn't there? Well, Magne, Isaac Humphreys, um, Yanni Wetzel's off the board now as of today. Matt Hodgson's an interesting one because, um, you know, he's he's looking around. You know, it's not just as, as simple. Like a, some of these guys, we go, well, the expectation is. Joe Luala-Chul, we kind of thought he was going to re-sign at Melbourne. You know, Isaac Humphreys, we feel like they're probably Adelaide are going to get it done. I'm not so sure about Matt Hodgson. I think there's a chance that we see him in a different uniform next season. And um, where could that be? I wonder, you know, do the Taipans look at him and say, all right, well, we want to, we want to have uh, Hodgson as a starting five. We're not sure. We don't think we're going to get Cam Oliver back. We get an import four. we got Jawai and Krizlovic potentially if they re-sign him off the bench. Um, Majuk Deng. Um, do they... Does a team like Illawarra talk to Matt Hodgson and go, AJ Ogilvy's going to come off the bench behind you this season. You're going to be our starting five man. Um, it's interesting. I'm not sure where Matt Hodgson is going to land, but he's he's out there and he's available. Yeah, it's definitely an intriguing one. Yeah, I'm with you. I've been thinking the same as I think he's going to look for a change of scenery as well of, of something that, uh, what can suit him and a couple of those teams that you threw out there would be great to see him have that different opportunity uh, to be around. Um, and Illawarra was a big one. I mean, as you said, AJ Ogilvy, to be able to come off the bench and really say, look, we're going to throw you in there like you're a big piece down low. We're going to work things with you on in that. I think that would be a, a really good spot for him. Uh, and Cairns would be yeah, a, a very... Again, a lot would depend on Cam Oliver, which we don't expect to be coming back. Um, but again, I think if you can't, you're just somewhat hoping that he could. Yeah, it's uh, the other option is whether it just works out for Hodgson like it did when he opted out, where he goes, I'm going to opt out. I don't want to rush this decision. I'm going to look at what else is out there. And then Brisbane go, well, we're here. Come back and talk to us when you're ready. Whether that same thing happens to him in free agency. And then he goes back, sits down with the bullets and they, they bring him back and they make that work. I don't know, but for a period of time and then whether or not with the Jack jumpers, 
if, if they don't get to operate, if they, they make Adelaide pay, but they come to the party with Isaac Humphreys and they don't get him, they need a big, high-quality Aussie. Mm. Maybe that winds up being Matt Hodgson. Yeah, as you said, yeah, it'd be it'd be one of those late ones as well, wouldn't it? Because you, they're going to be trying to throw it. Those guys that really can can change a game and those massive names. Um, so is it about just being extra patient to see where you can end up? And I'm sure you get eager because it's been such a quick turnaround in for agency and season's close. You don't want to get happy feet and jump at something necessarily you're not fully committed to. And uh, I, I still think Tassie, need, they need to figure out, they need to get that, a do a wreath type. They need to get something that can have that massive impact of, of a signing um, as soon as possible. Because uh, I mean, we all reports that we thought it was going to be Nick Kay, and that was kind of a big, even not from Tassie, but it was even I was like, damn, I was like, I was really pumped for that. And I'm sure they were the same. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where where Matt because bigs are, they're tough to come by. Local bigs that can produce and have produced. Over yeah. the years, I'm sad about Nick K. That did you see his the the um his video yesterday? So it kind of looked a little like a, ho- a hostage video. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, mate, come on back to the NBL. Like you were you were blowing up in this. Yeah. League. Hopefully next season. Oh man, like we just saw him. Just we were set to see Nick K and talk about all NBL every single year and game changer mm. and winning culture and would love to see him back and. Hopefully he does get selected in the boomers and goes off to do big things. It was huge for us in the World Cup. And yeah, and then hopefully we can get him back in somewhere, back home and see him thrive, continue. Indeed. Now that they're our top five. Now there's some other guys obviously that are that are free agents, some interesting names. Yeah, Tad Dufelmeyer is an interesting name coming out of Cairns. You've got those those other bigs that are maybe waiting for the big dominoes to fall, you know, like Keanu Pinder, Harry Froling is available, Majuk Majuk, what's Perth going to do in their conversations with him? So there are some other pieces that will fall after those, those big ones um, come into play. And I'm also interested to see what happens with Jesse Wagstaff, whether, whether he decides to hang him up, goes around again with the Wildcats. Uh, you'd imagine that they'll put... They'll put a one-year deal in front of him, I would suspect, you know, as, as the leader of that club and that organisation. Whether he makes that decision to go around again will be interesting. Well, you think of Elvis Imogen Joke was hurt, but Tom Jervis was the, was one of the end signings. You, if you're the Wildcats, you, you want Jesse Wagstar. You're going to have that, that, we talk about the veteran leadership, the heart and soul of Mitch Norton. I mean, Jesse Wagstar, yeah, I mean, he's that chance to, to win another title. They put all the pieces around and just really solidify himself as an absolute winner, even though he already is. But uh, it would be someone you just want around the club. Um, and yeah, again, would a lot would come down to him. Is he going to be healthy enough? Uh, or is he going to be staying around if, if you need that kind of late, like Dave Anderson, injury replacement type winner veteran? Is he yeah. going to be good enough shape to hang around and be like, okay, someone's out. We've got you to throw in there. We'll sign you for the rest of the season and we'll go try and get another ring. He didn't have a great year, mm. Jesse Wagstaff. Did he, he do too much, though, in terms of where he should be at his role in his career? Maybe. I mean, he's, I feel like that's his, that's his role. Like, that's what he's done, like, forever, right? And maybe mm. that was even a little, maybe a little um, extensive this year. But that role coming off the bench as, a, you know, they run all those actual, the horns actions for him to get him those, 
pop out threes and he just wasn't able to knock them down predominantly. That was the big issue. Now, obviously had the missed layup earlier in the season and then he, that kind of wasn't ideal, but um, he struggled from long range. That's the kind of thing that wasn't kind of there. Now he had a, he had a bit of a dip year in um, 2018, 19, and then a big yeah. bounce back in 1920. So this last season was another dip. I think the Wildcats probably look at it and go, maybe, um, maybe, you know, we, we trust him to kind of to, to put the work in big preseason and kind of come in and have an, have another big year. Hey, before we finish off, a couple of other um, bits of news popping off. John Mooney with the Milwaukee Bucks reported by ESPN's Olgan Ulich this morning for Summer League and Joe Lawala-Chul with the Phoenix Suns. We've got some dudes heading over to Vegas. How good is that? I mean, first John Mooney, that's the way he wants to try and get uh, – his next step, he wants to make the NBA and what better way to do that and get those opportunities. Uh, exciting to see him go, but well, sure, that's that's a that's gonna be fun to, to see how he goes in that environment. Um, he's just got that unique body type in his role. I mean, we spoke about it all year on the broadcast. I mean, does individuals with the guards, he works on his handle. There's not, there's no way he can't score when, with the ball. I mean, he, take, he shoots one legged fadeaways. <laughs> When he gets to his spot for hook shot, it's unblockable. It's, mm. I'm looking forward to seeing how he takes on that challenge uh, and see what he can get because he's still young, still growing, still learning. I just still think he's learning about himself every time he steps onto the floor. Mm. Um, but he's got the right attitude for that summer league. I mean, it was one of the games that he got player of the game and I, I said, what's your mindset? Because he had to start that role. And he said, my mindset doesn't change. He said, no one can, no one can stop me. Yeah. And I was like, well, a lot of people think, oh, that's arrogant. But you're like, well, He's kind of got a good point. No one really can stop him once he once he gets the ball. So yeah. really, really excited to see how he goes in that. Yeah, for sure. Me too. And excited to see what signings will pop off in the next couple of days and whether some of these guys land in the places that we want them to land. Oh, that'd run. be nice. <laughs> I just like, I wouldn't mind some predictions to go right. I don't have any ever have any inside word, but I did think that Cairns and New Zealand were going to be in the semi-finals. So just looking to get <laughs> Sort of you want to get some things right in the off season. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Good chat, man. Thanks for stopping by and uh, we'll check back in soon. No worries. Good talk to you.